Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of pins about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Also joining us is Jesse. Hello, I'm Lady Lameless. Also joining us is Ala. Hello, I'm Rosar. Hello. And today what we're going to be talking about is... Cytonic. Oh, I'm flipped. Right, 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 right. We're talking about Cytonic, uh, which is the latest Brandon Sanderson book, uh, the third book in the Cyberverse series. Now I got to flip myself back. We, uh, and also I I have for show and tell this Doomslug plushie, which is very cute. Uh, we got a Doomslug. Which which is uh, brighter due to these studio lights, but that's okay. But uh, this is very, very cute uh, and, and quite large, really. Uh, so, yeah, it is far larger than I thought it would be. I like just it. Yeah, photos. this 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 is a good size and uh, is completely adorable. It's longer than I thought. Like, because I've seen the pictures of the front, I was like, okay, I know the size. And then it came, and it's like this long. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of expecting round, I guess. Yeah. 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 Right, 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 right. Cool. So, do note, these are just our opinions, right? Uh, in this. So, some are going to be positive, some are going to be negative, uh, and that is okay. Uh, you're just listening to us talk about our feels and it, that it is perfectly fine if you disagree. In fact, put in the comments below what you thought of Cytonic. You can just, we'll just do the, do this part right now. So let's start with some spoiler free reactions. And of course we will get into spoilers and details. Uh, but let's start with some, uh, Spoiler-free reactions. Uh, I guess I'll just say that, as you s maybe saw from my review, I s said uh, that the book would be quite divisive. Though I actually said divisive, uh, and a lot of people were like, that's not how you say that word. So, noted. Your pronunciation of divisive was divisive? Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> it, it, it very much was. So, Ian, what did you think? I liked the book. It has all of the things that I would expect from a sequel to Skyward based on my personal reading of Skyward and what made that book great. And I also think people on the staff think I like the book more than I actually do. Okay. I, I like the book. Okay, okay. It is not Rhythm of War, Bands of Mourning, like okay. a book of my soul. Okay, it's okay. Like, it's good. I liked it. I had fun. Okay. Jess, what did you think of the book? <laughs> so I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum to Ian, and this is probably my most disliked Brandon book ever. <laughs> I did not like this book very much, and a lot of it comes down to I, 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 I dislike the direction Brandon has gone, and it disappoints me. I do have issues with specific things in this book as well, but overall, I really dislike this book quite a lot a lot a lot ella what do you think well i'm i'm right in the middle i guess <laughs> i i have mixed opinion of it i thought the first half was very meh and i had a hard time getting into it 
But once I get, did get into it in the second half, it, I enjoyed it a lot. I still feel it works than Skyward, but I like it a lot more than Starsight. Cool. Uh, I am also of the opinion that I like the book. I don't love the book. Like, it's like, it's fine. That That's very interesting that you're like, oh, the second half was is where the book picked up. Whereas I'm like, I, I think one of the issues that one could have uh, is that I think you could argue that the book is somewhat of a side quest. And then the second half has a side quest with in that side quest. Uh, and so I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, so I liked the book. I thought the ending was fantastic. Uh, I thought the book lacked tension, which like remembering back from Skyward that the tension was so key to that book where every flight, every time the they took off, I was worried someone would die. And that has not persisted in either sequel, really. Like, you, you don't feel that sense of dread almost ever, except at the ending. I in this also, book. I would agree with that. I thought the book lacked tension completely until the end. Oh, actually, no, there was a couple of points throughout, but, like, largely lacked tension. And, like, every yeah. book in the series has just, like, been a step down in the stakes. I hope Defiant will be a step up. Uh, I am very excited yeah. for Defiant. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Defiant. I'm very I think excited. Defiant's yeah. going to be great. Like, in my opinion, it's like, I just think the stakes are different in this book. It's not like that they're, yes, we're not worried about, like, people dying. We're worried about other things happening yeah. to our characters. Yeah, I feel like the problem, I guess, well, maybe not a problem, but an issue of the series that every book has a very different vibe and very different yes. stakes. Yes. So, and because there's this switch happening every book, like, it's for weird. example, the, here, the, the conflict in Cytonic is more, like, internal than external, yes, I feel. Right, right. So, I would say Cytonic is a very character-focused book instead of a plot-focused yeah. book. Like, this plot's still there, but the main takeaway I got from Cytonic was the plot arcs of their main characters. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like this like change in like vibe and feel of the stakes of the book might be what's causing a lot of the like for me I definitely feel like that's what caused a lot of my initial like map I don't really care feeling when I was starting to read the book. Hmm. I think the other thing with this book is it depends on your expectations going in, and I know this is what got me. If you're expecting a Spencer M. Butt-led adventure, you're going to get that. If you wanted more of the other characters that we have met and that we had from Skyward, go read the novellas first. You'll feel much better yes, about yes, everything. Yes, yes, you, 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 you really, yeah, yes, absolutely. I think the novellas do a lot to temper the fact that Cytonic is entirely a Spencer Embot story and having them at the same time, you can get both. It's not like you're just getting one. And I think that really, really helps. Yeah. I do feel like I, I would have felt, I would have liked this book less if there wasn't the novellas because yeah. I, because I remember how I felt with Sky, with Starsight where I, 
felt like, you know, where are all those characters I like to give them back, Brandon. And so now I got my fix of the of the Skyward crew before Cytonic. So I do feel like I feel less need to have them in Cytonic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I guess part of it is that I did not reread Skyward or Starsight before starting Cytonic. Like I just went into Cytonic, not clean. I'm trying to think of a word fresh. Let let's say, um, and like, but also with Starsight, I didn't have the issue that a lot of other people had, where they missed the Skyward flight characters. Because like, for me, Skyward is a Spencer Mbot story. It just so happens that there are some fun side characters. Like, but they were always just that they were side characters. They were like not core to what i enjoyed about the story so when they didn't show up later i'm like okay i'm still getting what i liked from skyward i think my issue and like i don't have big issues with the book because i'm like oh that was fun uh definitely bolstered by the novellas because i i really like the novellas getting that banter i think a structural problem with the series is when you're getting a totally different cast of side characters in every single book, I am getting conditioned to care about them less as I go on in the series because I'm like, I did enjoy the side characters in this book. Are they going to matter in the next book? I totally doubt it. And so I don't know if I need to care. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I did enjoy the side characters in this book more than Starsight. And it might have been because because I went in with the idea of, this, these are one book characters. I won't get attached to them, but I can still enjoy them. But overall, I just like them more as characters than the Starsight crew. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, like, I definitely had problems, like, getting attached to any of the new characters precisely because I, I was already, like, I guess trained is the right word. I was already trained by Starsight to expect everyone to just go poof away the moment the book ends. <laughs> yeah. And I, so, I think that's just a structural issue with the way the series has been done, I think. Like, Brandon is training us to not care about the side characters because only Spencer and Mbot matter and you just won't see any other characters. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely 100% get people who are, like, here for the Spencer and Mbot story because they are the main characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I always more enjoyed the ensemble nature of it, like, it's like my favorite character in this series is Jorgen, not not Spencer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you're gonna enjoy Evershore, aren't you? Oh, one hundred percent. I am so <laughs> ready for Evershore. <laughs> and, and it's like I think this was a surprise to Brandon. I don't think he <laughs> expected or necessarily intended for the side characters of Skyward to become such a focus for the fandom. Which is why it's like with like Starsight, it ended up being Spencer alone. And then Cytonic was always planned to be Spencer alone. Right, so right, like, right. He's like, okay, it's like people really like the Skyward characters. I hadn't been planning for them to be such a focus. I need to do something for those people, which yeah. is why. And like, well, in my opinion, the novellas are more important for Defiant than they are for. Oh, Cytonic. yes. For sure. Yeah, for 100%. sure. For sure. It's like, you don't like, need. For- you, you don't need the novellas to make this book make sense. Like, or 
satisfying. No. It's like you need. Well, I'm pretty sure you're going to need them for Defiant to make yeah. sense. It's like these are really two parallel stories that are both required for the next book, but they're not required for each other. Yeah, yeah, which is weird how they're occurring at the same time. But the other thing is that um, the series was originally a trilogy, not a quadrilogy. And it makes me wonder whether everything was Cytonic and the novellas is what Brandon felt he had to put in and make a fourth book. And maybe he originally planned to put some of this in in Defiant and then realized that he couldn't he couldn't put it all in and have the rest of the book. So he's pulled it all out to make an entire separate thing. That's mm. <laughs> not just one book. Like I'd have to go back and like reread like the words of Brandon from that time. It's like, when did he like make the switch between this is a trilogy to this is a quadrilogy. It's it like pretty usually, quickly like, after um, like, Starsight. Was it after Starsight or I was it after it was Skyward? After Starsight. I thought it was after Skyward that Brandon. Oh, I thought it was uh, after Starsight. I, I thought uh, like as soon as Skyward was done, he's like, okay, now let's outline the, the rest of the series. Yeah, because and... th- that's what he usually does. He'll write the first book and like intending it to be a trilogy. And then like he'll get to that point outline the rest of the series it's like oh wait i need more space for this story yeah and so which like and then he'll go back to revise skyward the first book to make it all make sense so it's like the whole yes it was originally planned as a trilogy but it was before like the series really started before it was really concrete, like he yeah probably didn't have that much like he knew like Mm -hmm. The, the very broad strokes, presumably, like with the eyes and stuff and plans, but not like concrete book ideas, right? And the novellas, they must have been pulled out later because he was planning the dual viewpoints in Cytonic that he took out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Personally, and- I think that dual v- viewpoints would have worked better in this book. Honestly, I- same. <sighs> It's hard to say without having them because, like, I feel like they could have worked, but it would have been a very, very different book. Yes. And and there would have been a lot less than we get in the novellas as yeah, well. Yeah, right, exactly. So it probably mm-hmm. was a decision to make the novellas a fully fleshed out thing, right? Flesh out those stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, which is not a bad choice. Let let's let's maybe get it. Let's maybe get into some spoilers because I feel like we we need some concrete, actual details to talk about what we're actually talking about, rather than being vague land. I think the problem that I had was that the interludes were probably what some of the most interesting parts of the book, where we actually get some Spencer Jorgen interaction. I'm like, wow, I really miss them interacting. And that's why I, I like just have like, ah, oh, yeah, I do miss that. And certainly with uh, Skyward, that that helps uh, to to have the novellas to bolster that. Right. Which that's part of the book that I like that, like, we didn't get as much Jorgen and Spencer because that's that is the tension for me. It's like she is at risk like she is forgetting like her life mm, like the sure. people she loves so it's like so if we had like jorgen 
all over the place. It's just like, well, like he's still there. That's true. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's just like we only get those like tiny bits. Sure, Th- they make the threat of like she could just forget him. Like she could just adventure in the nowhere for forever and be happy doing it. But she would forget everyone she loved. So for for me, I guess the the, the Jorgen interludes didn't really work. Mostly because I'm not really sold on their relationship. Ah, sure. Like, Star, yeah, yeah. Star Side did so little to build <laughs> it's, it up. It's true. It's true. Like, literally, like, three sentences to build up their relationship. And then they're gone. So when, when, they, when they met in the dream astral projection thingy, I was like, you, this is, like, very sudden. Because I, I did not get the feeling, because I... I have talked about it with some other people, and they said that they absolutely got the romantic build-up feeling from uh, Skyward. So mm. for them, uh, you know, Starsight was just a brief bump in it, and then it's back to the standard with Cytonic. But I didn't really get the romantic build-up in Skyward. So Starsight was like, in Starsight, it felt like obligatory. This is YA, so we have to have this straight romance between the MC and a guy here. Yeah. So Cytonic, you know, I just did not. The, the scenes with Jorgen felt weird to me. Like, I like him. I like that I got some look at, like, what he's up to, but it's just the the relationship between him and Spencer just so does not work out for me completely. I think there is a mention uh, at some point that there are a few more interactions they have. We just don't see them on screen. And mm-hmm. it would have mm-hmm. been nice to see some more i think if there were more interactions it would be nice to see a little bit more of those but that's hard if you're containing them to interludes and there's only so much so many interludes you have and so much you can do with an interlude so it is what what it is but jess you you were always sold with spencer jorgen that's oh yeah i i was definitely always sold with spencer jorgen since like skyward and the scene with like where they go out to find hell's body and even before that, where they're like in the hangar together and Spencer's just like confiding in him. I'm like, this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. I can see it. I'm just waiting for it to happen. Mm. Classic enemies to lovers. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Like, yeah. it, it was almost like, I know it's actual fiction, but it's like fan fiction inside fiction right there. Like, it's just like such a fan fiction setup for a relationship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like the instant like she, like Jorgen shows up for the first time and she calls him jerk face. I'm like, yeah, and you're like, okay, this, this is, is going happen. to be a romance. <laughs> yeah. hmm. I'm definitely with Alla that I didn't get the romantic vibes in Skyward, so Star Sight was kind of weird. I, I would personally say that the that their banter in the interludes was. 10 out of 10 like i really liked that but i can totally see where someone could get that oh i didn't really get the the romance so it doesn't work like i can totally understand that yeah because there's so yeah, I... little in star size and yeah there like, is. that makes more sense little. it's like hey yeah. cool it's like maybe one scene of vague thing and then they kiss and then she leaves and that's it yeah, the, the problem with Star Starside was also that she never really thinks about Jorgen after she leaves for That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. For Starside. So it just comes across as just out of the blue. She kissed him. Now let's let's put this romance plot to bed for another five hundred pages. <laughs> <laughs> On the back burner now. Yeah. I got other and stuff. To be honest, 
I will say when when I did so like the first interaction, I was like, oh, here here comes the obligatory love interest back in Skyward. Mm-hmm. So I I guess when it I when they started egg. later, it is yeah when they started later interacting, I was just not getting the romance building vibes. Mm-hmm. I was super hyped for them to be just friends because that's so rare in fiction and because like that's you know that's something that will more appealing to me. I mean, we don't have to get into it. So I have a problem that okay. starts at the beginning of the book. Okay. And it makes me really mad that this doesn't get resolved nicely. So at the end of Starsight, we are left with this conflict between Spencer and Ember because oh, Spencer left him behind and he is upset about this. And they go into the nowhere and like Ember wants to have the conversation right there and they can't because they are stuck in a jungle. But this is never resolved properly. He just forgives her. And that's it. And it's like the next chapter. And it was this giant conflict we were left with. And then it was just like, put to, it's like we have to stop. Like, we have to get past this because we've got other things to do. <laughs> Remember when we did Why the Cytonic like predictions that it was a big deal? <laughs> it wasn't a big deal in the book. Yeah. And like it I feel it does get touched on. Like because he forgives her. Um because logically he understands like she was in a difficult position. It's like she didn't want to leave him behind, but she needed to yeah. leave him behind. And so like his machi- AI machine brain is like, logically this makes sense. And then there there is a scene later on in the book where he's like, I understand why you did it. I'm still angry. And I don't want to be, but I am. And they do have a conversation about that. It's just like, yeah. And yeah, in the conversation, like Spencer makes it Mbot's fault and keeps pushing this. Like, oh, you need to figure out how to get past this. Like, she never properly apologizes to him. She does apologize. No, I don't think that's a good apology. I'm pretty sure. That was a like, bad apo- she does. She does apologize. And I think it is a really crappy apology. <laughs> she apologizes Maybe. better to Chet. When she true. talks to him about um, <laughs> about uh, what she does at the pirate base, she gives him a better apology. That, that, than is, she true. Gives that, is, that is true. That is true. But like, also, it's like she wasn't wrong to do what she did. It's like yes, she should have given a better apology. But it's like so. Like I guess it's like that whole plot line is just like it. It could have been better, but it wasn't functionally wrong for me. I guess. I guess for me, I was, I didn't really mind that the apology was so half-assed because <laughs> I was so glad we resolved this so quickly because early on in the book, Embot, Embot was the most annoying character to me, like in the first part of the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like his constant desire to like have this conversation in the worst possible moment. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I never really like, I never really felt like he was in the right to be angry because he's a military machine. He should damn well know that he is you know, military, how military life works, how so those sort of missions can go. So it felt, to me, Embot felt just annoying and selfish in those early parts. So I never, I was just glad that we left that plot point behind, never to return to it. Yeah, you really didn't um, like the beginning, Ala. No, I, I, I was so scared early on that Embot would just be like this for the rest of the story. Because I really liked him in the previous two books. So I didn't want him to to suddenly get huh. just terrible characterified 
at least for me. Huh. It's like Spencer in the first book where everyone's like, oh my God, I can't stand Spencer. I don't know if I want to finish this book. And it's like, no, 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 keep going. It gets okay. <laughs> it gets better. Kind of, yeah. Like I, like I said, I was so glad they, they dropped this point, plot point quickly because he was, he was just infuriating. And I think that's the whole point of Embot's character arc as well. Like if you... Like once you get to the end, looking back on it, it's like, oh, it makes sense that he would immediately um, accept her her apology at the time because he doesn't understand emotions at all and is just still trying to rapidly go through things. And he's super annoying because he doesn't understand emotions and rapidly go through things. But having to get to the end to fully understand the beginning bugs me. Yeah. Like really bugs me because reading it the second time, then it would make more sense. But I want it to make sense the first time as well and not just be annoying like that. Yeah, for me, I guess the problem was also whenever, it's not just that he was like being annoying, it was just when he started talking, the, the plot and the action just kind of ground to a halt for me. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can't move on with what's happening in the plot because first we need to have like 10, di- 10 lines of dialogue between Embot and Spencer just to, just to get to the point that's very obviously where we are getting. See, to me, like that was such a promise set up at the end of Starsight that I'm like, I kind of care b- about the plot significantly less than them struggling. And so I can definitely understand where Jess is like, that what. Emba just forgives her, and then we don't really talk about it for most of the book. And, like, if you listen to our Cytonic Predictions episode, we were like, this is going to be a big deal. Was not a big deal at all, really, in the book. Although I did like how it was touched on in the ending uh, with with Embot uh, leaving Spencer behind. Like, that was nice. I I did like that a lot. Uh, So... Uh, like, I didn't mind it again, but I'm just like, I can see where that critique comes from. Yeah, to be honest, I was already, like, not very thrilled about Embot being so annoyed at the end of Starsight. Ah, sure. okay. So, yeah. 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 Speaking of things that made, that might make sense more on a reread... Uh, Shannon did want to be on the show. Uh, we, we actually had several cast members who wanted to be on, but uh, who got sick, not with COVID. Uh, Shannon was one of them. And I, and I need to just say that Shannon hated Chet. Uh, she hated the, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm Nigel from Jumanji, basically. And I'm an NPC Yet. who just says things and. The older mustachioed English adventurer is a trope she hates. <laughs> she yeah. And and she just hated how he didn't like have any character. Uh and and that was his entire character until we learn, you know, that he's a Delver and which I thought was very and, cool. No, and I'm, then it all makes sense, just like with Ember, that you yeah. just look back and oh, it all makes sense that he's two-dimensional because he doesn't understand how I to can be a see- person. Just have to get to the end to really understand that. I will say Chet was my favorite of the new characters, like from the get go. Well, well, that that is good. Yeah, yeah. Like he never really felt like two dimensional to me. Like maybe in the very first scene when he and Spencer are fleeing from the pirates, but like Mm. afterwards, like he was already like interesting when he uh, when he and Spencer were separating, and he like confessed to her that he he's kind of faking it. Yeah, 
Reading those scenes, like, I went back and reread some of those scenes, um, knowing that he was a Delver, and they just make perfect sense yeah. in the way that he is a Delver, and he's talking about being a Delver without saying it. Yeah, and yeah. Like, that, that like was that. written really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Chet Throat, and I was so annoyed at the end of the book when he and Spence Summers, because, like, oh, this is yeah. my, the one character that got introduced here that had a... <laughs> That I liked, and now he's just got he got ate by Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is really funny. Uh yeah, sorry, I just wanted to bring up Shannon's comment because like literally she hates Chet so much that she doesn't like the book because of it. Like she loves Spencer mm-hmm. Mbot. Like it completely ruined the entire book for her. Mm-hmm. Uh w- I, I I did like Chet as well. Uh I mean, at least uh, on the plus side, Allah, at least we will, you know, see Chet's influence on the next book. So, you know, improvement. <laughs> I wonder like how much he's still there. I know, the, the last chapter didn't really give me that impression. Like, it's, it definitely felt like Spencer was holding the wheel 100%. Yeah, I don't really yeah. know how this is... I have no idea how this is actually going to play out in practice. Yeah, the, the mechanics all. of this are... Up for debate. <laughs> it, it really, it, it really just felt like she ate him for a power boost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! I was just thinking of Avengers, where uh, like Doctor Strange is just like, "That's the one way that it works." <laughs> Got to eat it. Um, now that does remind Chat does remind me. Uh, we can talk more about Chat, but the Delvers. I am. So pleased that Brandon redeemed the part that I hated from Starsight the most in that it was like the Delvers just didn't feel like a threat because it was so easy that the Delver didn't do any damage to at the end of Starsight at all. Uh, And I'm just like, I can't take this really seriously. Brandon dealt with that really well. The Delvers were still a threat. Uh, the Delvers were probably the best part of the book, like whenever the Delvers were doing something. Uh, and with the ending, like I really liked that. And I really liked that uh, the Delver that Spencer touched at the end of Starsight, which was Chet, like that mattered a lot. So that's really good. I really liked that. Um, and so that's good because uh, I was really upset about that, that I I, re- I really hated it, was completely deflated. I'm like, I don't know how interested I am in the rest of the series, that level of hating it. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's like the, the opening prologue, chapter one, I did feel somewhat vindicated because we had an argument. We did have an argument of Starsight reactions. We did. we did. Episode where it's like, oh, like this all of like, Delvers are gone. They're not going to be an issue anymore. It's like, no, like it, we solved one Delver. There's still so many more. Yeah. And then it's like, that's exactly what happened at the beginning well, of this book. Well, it would be, it would be nice to see a Delver actually, you know, cause any damage whatsoever uh, in, in the, in the somewhere. Hey, hey, the Delvers caused damage. They threw all the buildings into the nowhere. I mean, that was cool. That was cool. That I was like cool. The, that, was that was very cool. cool. Uh and like the path of elders was such an interesting storyline yes, and yes, i love that bit i thought that was fantastic and getting all the lore of yes. psychotics and the nowhere and that the was devils. really cool i thought oh my gosh like the the last two path of elders at yeah. the base and like yeah. the 
the big wall and like getting the stuff with Jason and like oh, finding out so about the like, origin of the Delvers was so good. I will say, like, I really love the Delvers and I love the Path of Elders up until that final, like, reveal of what the Delvers oh, actually really? are. Oh, really? Interesting. Which was, that the, it's not that I dislike it. It was hilarious. I, I laughed my ass off because how many times is Brandon going to use the dead wife as a plot po- point in a story? <laughs> That's true. Like, That's this true. Is, <laughs> this is, like, the third time a, a dead wife has a major impact on the story. And I think, like, just... defending Elysium spoilers are, are fine here, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we, have to, we have to talk about, about it. Them. We have to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Jason I know she writes gets a defending a Elysium in... character. Yeah, I know she gets a name in the in defending Elysium, yeah. Lana. Yeah. But, like, even, like, in Cytonic, she didn't even get the, <laughs> the name. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's actually <laughs> just uh, thousands of dead wives are the Delvers. <laughs> It's just yeah. I didn't think we called that one, uh, but but I thought that was I thought it was really interesting how that was dealt with. With like, mm-hmm. oh the the AIs are becoming more aware, and then they just that their pain was so great. Like uh, I thought that was really cool. Honestly, but to be honest, like like the more I think about it, like there's also this small not so small issue that one of our protagonists has essentially doomed humanity because the the reason Delvers exist is because Jason really wanted his wife back just as an AI and the reason humanity is on the brink right now is because is partially because during the second war they summoned Delvers so the mm. Jason right basically caused a collapse of entire intergalactic society's way of living and functioning probably led to wiping out multiple star systems and killed untold billions of people because he was sad about because his wife died well at least in this case uh it the 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 robot who became self-aware was sad that jason died so it is slightly different (laughs) so technically it's the it's the dead wife is sad about the dead husband it's true that's true. That's true. Technically, that's but accurate. then they del- are the Delvers still the dead wife if they deleted all memories? No, of no. I, I would, I would, no. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't be right. It just, it feels like this is like the third time where a dead wife uh, caused the 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 living husband to cause some, you know, very bad things in a Brandon story, and this is just a tr- such a trope. I couldn't help but laugh at that. <laughs> And also, it kind of makes uh, Jason Wright an accidental ma- mad mur- mass murderer, just by proxy. So that's a bit awkward. Yeah, but like, he I, didn't kill the people. He didn't but kill he the people. He, he started a chain of events that resulted in the death of many people. That's yeah, manslaughter, kind of like, not murder. <laughs> the Great. world's greatest manslaughterer. And probably the, the, the deadliest because. result of dead wife in a Brandon story. I, I'm just saying, I don't think we can blame Jason for the robots, uh, for the robots being sad that Jason died. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't feel like we can put pin that blame on Jason because it's the robots who did it. No, but I can blame Brandon for using the exact yes, same plot yes, point for yeah, the third time. That you yeah. can do, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it is one of his favorites from the <laughs> looks of it. Yeah, I am. That and Resurrections. This is kind of worrisome, to be honest, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, like, technically, you could blame him because 
if he wasn't sad about his wife's death, the robots never would have gotten the chance to become sentient in the first place. I guess I'm just like, Jason didn't know bringing the the AIs into the nowhere Mm -hmm. would make them self-aware. Like, he had no information on that. I no, believe that's, that's exactly no. why he was that, trying that to was do. That was what oh, he was no, trying was. to do. Okay, that's okay, precisely. Okay. Hmm. That's precisely why why he oh, he just right, 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 didn't right. plan on dying right <laughs> after <laughs> okay, it happened. Okay. Fair. And the the scene at Shorehold where they find that out, it's just heartbreaking when they're watching this and Jason's going on about why is it this working? And then there's just Chet there, and Chet's just like Jason just didn't understand that it took longer than he thought. And then, of course, we learned the chat reveal. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're killing me. That's so sad. Yeah, that is really sad. Yeah, I admit I, I wasn't just I wasn't really feeling like the sadness or the heartbreak of it at all, because I was just mm-hmm. laughing at Brandon using the dead wife again. <laughs> sure. Uh, I wonder how well this works for people who haven't read Defending Elysium. I haven't read Defending Elysium, and I thought it was completely fine. Okay. Cool. I, I know what happens in it, but I haven't actually read it. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I knew the name Jason Wright, and I think that might matter, but, like, I know nothing about him at all. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just happy we finally saw Tanasi, because the, the Tanasi were, were mentioned in Defending Elysium, and we never saw them, and they were name-dropped in Starsight. We finally saw one! We know what they're like! Oh, I'm excited. Which, and that's um, were cool. They were. Very- I I do kind of want to address a couple things that have been brought up. Okay. Right. Yep. Which is like the path of elders. Like I I really liked this whole arc sequence. Yeah. yeah. But I want to respond to the point you made about this all feeling like a side quest. Uh-huh. <laughs> which I categorically reject. Like, this was a necessary part of Spence's journey. Because, like, this, to make a couple Star Wars references, uh-huh. this is Luke's trip to Dagobah. Okay. And this is Ray's trip to whatever that planet is on that Luke um, yeah, yeah. hit out on uh-huh. for decades. Right. It's getting in tune with, like, the Force or Cytonics and, like, getting into the spirituality and becoming a more powerful Cytonic. So I think this was necessary. I don't view this I, as a side I, story. I do agree that it is necessary. Those Star Wars movies would not be very interesting if that was the only thing in the movie, though. Right? Like, it needs other things happening in the world, and we don't see them because those are in the novellas. Right? The way that I've been thinking about it is Starsight set up this big galactic empire that was now going to cause major problems because there had been this coup and now we had a big war and then this story has nothing to do with that and i think that the story is still necessary it's just i think the overarching story that brandon set up is not this one and so that's why to me this feels like the side quest because it's not this big overarching galactic war that goes down the path of the novellas instead and those feel more like this is the story that's being told and then spencer still needs to do this but she also needs the story to catch up to where she needs to be as well Mm -hmm. yep 
the Star Wars comparison is pretty apt, actually. Like, yeah, if we compare, true. like, the novellas and Cytonic to, like, The Empire Strikes Back, which mm. I hope I won't spoil this movie for you all. I, I think uh, it's the, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, the, the Spencer parts are, like, look on... Luke on Dagoba, whilst right. novellas are novellas are Han and Leia. Right. It, that's why, like this imaginary novel that doesn't exist of dual viewpoints, it's like that does sound really good. Except, like we would obviously get a lot less than what we do in the novellas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which, like, and so, like the hypothetical like Star Wars movie that is just Luke's trip to Dagoba would also be very different, and yes. like yes. could be a satisfying arc. Uh, I, I guess I don't have issue with Spencer going in the nowhere because I do feel the Path of Elders stuff was very good and very important. No question. And the ending was great. It's really the other side quest that's in this book that's like, but but why are we dealing so much with pirates? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so it's interesting, Ala, that you're like, oh, the second half of the book was where it got better. Uh for you uh because to me i'm like i can definitely see why someone would be like ah here's the new cast of characters that we don't necessarily need to care about because all the other flights haven't mattered in the next books and we're just dealing with pirate stuff that like it's like eh i don't know that that's the it's it's not the overall side quest it's the side quest within the side quest that i'm like that was an interesting choice that I didn't see coming, to be honest. I, again, I didn't mind the pirate stuff. I think the read was fairly fast, but it I feel like this whole pirate stuff would not have been in the book if it was the dual viewpoint book. And it almost feels a bit like padding because I'm not sure we're going to ever see these people ever again. It's interesting that you don't like this side quest. Inside the side quest, that's not a side quest because uh-huh. it's like it's the actual only part of the book that ties in with the greater like plot thread. Because like, yeah, because they're actually fighting the, the superiority. Yeah, it's like yeah. they're fighting the superiority. Yeah. They're yeah. like taking out one of like the largest mine of Acclivity Stone. Like, I do think that's going to be important for uh, the the final book. Yeah, Defiant. yeah. And I actually think in Defiant, my hope is that. All of these side characters that have been so far like dismissed are going to come back. That would yeah. be nice. Uh, Avengers I, yeah. style team up. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I be I would great. love that. Uh, it's just I'm I'm a bit skeptical. Is, is all because <laughs> we've had two sequels. We just get a fourth crew. In yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's where we but get then the. Hopefully, Delver everyone else school. joins them. Yeah. It's a big mm-hmm. party. Yeah, for me, I guess. Like the reason why for me the uh, the second half worked better is because one we're actually doing something with superiority. Sure. That's fair. And yeah. second, it was giving me all the world building I wanted about like superiority and the races therein, like the tenacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. stuff like like deep, deepening like superiority. Like one True. of my favorite like new world building details is how the I think it's during the pirate conversation how. Maxim describes how uh, his like alien handlers were trying to use those weird techniques to get him to you know not be aggressive, right? And how one of the other aliens, I think that was Peg or one of one of them anyway, mm-hmm. said that like superiority, the people in superiority are so obsessed with this non-aggression that they pay like heavy money 
and use various like quack treatments to get to make sure their children are not ag- children are not aggressive. Yeah, that was very cool, and I, I did really like that world building. I'm just not sure why we needed a big pirate politicking part. I, I guess that that's the part that I like. We have to unite all the pirates to go fight this. Is like, couldn't we? Have, I don't know. Couldn't we have just fought it without the uniting the pirate factions? Like to me, that part of like getting all the factions together. Like, thankfully, it was very short on us uniting them. But yeah, like it eh. was very breezy. So yeah. I, I did not yeah. mind it at all. Mm-hmm. The fourth flight is the friends we made along the way. That's true. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Indeed, indeed. This is true. This is, Which is, is what true. I'm hoping it actually is. Look, yeah. I would love for Brandon to bring it together. And hey, he redeemed the Delvers for me. So I, I, I hope that that would be true. At the very least, we are getting Spencer with the Skyward Peeps again. Like, no question. Like, yeah. she is actually back with with Jorgen and things, right? Like that is fantastic, right? And she swooned. She hates it. She but swooned. She swooned. <laughs> That's good. I... That was adorable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it, it 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 is easy to breeze through it. I'm just like, uh, uh, I don't know why we needed to deal with pirate politicking. For me, for me, pirate politicking also worked because. Like we know Spencer's, you know, a good pilot and all that, but we did need if if they were like if she just showed up there and everyone was like, Yeah, you're a you're a great pirate. Welcome to the crew. Let's let's go beat up superiority. So I did feel like we needed something yeah. to bridge from yeah. Spencer's a newcomer and to like prove to the other pirates that she's a good pilot worth following. Sure. So that's for me fair. in this sense that that part was like necessary to to yeah. get from A to B. Uh, yeah, speak, speaking of uh, pirate champions, uh, Jess, I think you, you have some thoughts regarding so, show, <laughs> perhaps. So I would like to preface this by saying I don't dislike Hesho as a character, but I wish he had stayed dead. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him as a character in Starsight. He was a good character. He was the only death in Starsight. He was the only stakes true. we had in Starsight. And that got taken away when he was brought back. And I was so mad. You, you guys have no idea just how bad Jess was. I, I can never I properly explain why, to why you. Why couldn't it have been someone else who was the pirate champion, who was from the Starsight crew, who was still alive? Why could it have not been someone else? And I think the way that Hesher got out of dying, like, I don't like it because it is based on an omission more than yeah. a deliberate, like, a, something deliberate. It's just, it's based on a mission, and I don't like that a lot. That feels like the most, well, Technically, he can live by these means, and just uh, I, I, I'm just very mad that Starsight lost the death that it had, and it, this goes back to what we were talking about before about how the stakes in each book are different, and Skyward set up such a war-based like. Don't 
try and don't get too attached because you don't know who's gonna die and then to me that felt like it should follow along and then it sort of followed into star sight but no never mind we'll just take that away anyway the whole problem like with stakes and setting up stakes kind of really reminds me of game of thrones of all things because oh yeah game of thrones right, had right, right, a right. similar similar sort of problem where you know they are very trigger happy with killing of characters in early seasons but the problem uh, yeah. is that there comes a point where you kill enough characters that the plot simply cannot work anymore right yep. so that's why that's why the later the later the story the the more it goes the more plot the, armor the more, people goes, get. the more plot armor yeah. people get and it feels like skyward as a series has the same problem but like accelerated several times we're like by the like, I don't know, I guess Brandon feels that by now he cannot kill off more characters because the plot will fall apart. But that aside, I, I actually was really glad to see Hesho. Like, I will agree with you, Jesse, that the, the way he just survived is incredibly contrived. It's, it's very baffling, <laughs> but, yeah. But when, when it turns out uh, that, you know, Dark Shadow, or however he called himself uh, when he had no memories, was Hesho... I was just so glad that we have someone from the past crew actually showing up. Yeah, yeah. And to I... be honest, I did not I did not really care for Hesho in Starsight, but I really liked him here in Cytonic. Like there's something different about the way he like carries himself in this book that I really, really enjoyed. I really dislike that. I really <laughs> oh, dislike really? the character. <laughs> yeah. Because in Starsight, I always got the sense of like this proud, noble like really joyful character and then he turns up in this book and he's like the darkest edgelord that ever could edgelord <laughs> i love that i love edgelord, little edgelord gabriel oh, oh yeah i have a question for you jesse yes would you have been more open to this if brandon had hung like a larger lantern on hesho's death in Starsight, it's like, oh, like we didn't find body. Oh, like, if, like, like that had been, yeah, like put something more. in of like maybe he's not dead. Yeah, I would be more okay with this. Oh, I like, totally, I, yeah, I, I agree still as well. Don't yeah. dis, like, I still don't like things like that, but I think that would have been better in this case than yeah. what it was. Have a little bit more foreshadowing so it actually pays off something yeah, rather because than just what, being yes. a surprise. What was the line? Like, I, I never got the impression it's like, oh, Hesho was sucked into a nowhere portal. Like, mm -hmm. that was definitely not the impression I got. There. I think it's yeah. just Kaori saying, I think it's Hesho's gone and there might be a description of the ship at one point as having like a giant slash through it so it's like the implication that hesha is dead because he was pulled through but Kauri, I, I can't remember if she says hesha is gone or hesha is dead but the omission was like we didn't see the body so he was pulled through this scrape in the ship and into the nowhere no. and that's how he survived Kari says uh, we sustained great losses. Lord Hesho is dead. That's not like he's gone. Like, <laughs> if he just said he's gone. Maybe it's in Cytonic that that's the explanation of, like, he was pulled through a, yeah. a gash in the ship and straight into the nowhere. Like, sure, but I... 
I can very yeah. much like, understand what you're saying. I wish there had been saying. more foreshadowing. I, mm. I, I, everything you said, Ian, I think I wish there'd be more foreshadowing, <laughs> more couching that this might have happened. Because, yeah, like the, that wording is pretty definitive. It to is me. super definitive. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, like, when, like, yeah, when they say, like, so and so is dead, it's just like, we're assuming they have a body. And yeah. <laughs> when, like, no, they didn't. And, like, that's an important, like, distinction. Because yeah. if we knew, like, there's no body, instant genre savviness, it's like, he's probably not dead. We don't believe someone's dead unless we see a body. Yeah. And all it needs is, like, a line of, he was like he disappeared out the side of the ship like he was pulled away mm -hmm. like something to indicate they don't have the body like it, it all we needed was a single line you know i i almost wonder if if Heshaw being the one who shows up who turns up as the pirate champion is something brandon has decided only after he was already writing cytonic maybe because yeah, like that's, cool. you, that's what it feels you have like. like a, a, several people in that in that group. Like it could have been Morium or it could have been Vapor. Who I who I thought it was going to be Vapor, and then it that wasn't. Been really cool. That would have been really cool because it was. I don't know. I got the sense from Starside that she was going to be important or at least come back. It, yeah, yeah same. she better I, be I in Defiant because figments are important and there's weird crap happening with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was also like, when, when first mention of Pirate Champion, my first thought went to Vapor. And then when, when Spencer mentioned that the ship looked unusually small, small I was like, right. yep, that's, that's Hesho, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, you know, right. tiny ships. It's the, it's the Garbles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do want to touch on Vapor. Reading this book, I can't help but wonder if there's a connection between um, the, the figments and... Not necessarily the Delvers, but things like the Delvers, like that that ancient beast. Because, I would oh, agree yeah. with you there. Because it, the whole like figment thing is they can like hijack like technology. I don't understand how that works for a sapient smell. Like, because what's sapient smell is very confusing. Like to begin with but like and the like cut um technology component like it makes sense like a disembodied ai i don't yeah, know where scent comes into it but i think in star side spencer asks vapor whether she's similar to an ai or something along those lines and vapor is not happy with that question and mm. like kind of defensive with her answer because yeah. it's like in the book, mm -hmm. like the ancient beast that was defeated by like the ancient ancient cytonics, like they yeah, before the it making it become real. Yeah, what is up with that? Like that the the pre Delver Delver kind of thing. Like what is yeah. up with that? Because it's like it's like ancient civilization. It's like they don't have computers. Like how like did they they can't have written an AI computer program. I mean, but the Jason had to learn it from somewhere. He was trying to replicate something by taking his wife AI into the yeah. nowhere. Like he, well, he he referenced that he was trying to follow something that happened before. Well, my my assumption when when they were revealing all about this ancient Delver was that because that that woman that left a message for the future. Uh, she did mention that there was some sort of ancient. I seem to remember she mentioned something about an ancient alien civilization. So my understanding of the like ancient devil situation 
was that there was some prior space ring civilization that created the, the this AI that became the first Delver and was presumably wiped out by that first Delver. And that Delver became everyone's problem when it started visiting places that, you know, those more primitive Cytonics were visiting. I so that, that was my read oh. on the whole situation. The other thing is the Tanix, like Doomslug mentions at some point, that the Tanix evolved to hide from the Delvers based off something that was on their planet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. that it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never really thought that, that there could be connection between those two, but because I yeah, am still I... on the train that Tanix were created artificially by for a purpose, so that would that would tail in nicely if, like, if Tanix came from the same world that created that first Delver. Yeah. Um, like the the actual text, like it doesn't draw a direct causal link between like the thing on their planet and the the Delvers explicitly. Yeah, so we found it. Uh, so in Cytonic chapter 42, this is talking about her kind, Doomslug, uh, had evolved to be afraid of a type of creature from her home planet. The Delvers were an even more terrifying version of those. Which is... So it kind of sounds like there was, like, not a proto-Delver necessarily, but maybe something that was more organic that... Mm-hmm was similar in some aspects. Yeah. Something that could hunt using cytonic senses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. That probably can't be the ancient Delver thing that they all thought, oh. but... No. But I, I don't know what that Delver-like entity is, so I want to know about that. I, I'm still, like, banking on progenitor of the figments. I think that's I think that would be solid. To yeah. yeah. Become yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's just so interesting cuz this must be pre-first war by who knows how much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must've been yeah, like so long ago that people barely oh, like, remember it. Yeah. Yeah, thousands of years, I think. At yeah. least yeah. like before Jason. Yeah. Cuz oh, I, yeah. I think that was like the last time it's like human cytonics like knew what they were doing like all the ones that knew what cytonics was died mm. yeah and then it like just went undiscovered until jason I guess. right 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 maybe going off the figment theory if a figment turned into a delver somehow then the figment's not able to replicate itself and that's why there was only one of them whereas with the ais it was able to replicate itself to create millions of copies See, like, I was actually thinking, like, the reverse. It's like that first Delver like entity, like, was forced to become real and became the first figment. Ooh. And so, like, oh. don't know where it came from, like, to begin with. Like, that's still a huge mystery. But okay, I was, I was thinking you were saying something else, but that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And just for the record, because we were wondering, like, no, we don't know how many thousands of years ago. We do actually have a description from like uh, from one of the Path of Elders vision that they are dressed like from the stories of Gilgamesh or something like that. Oh, so okay, we are talking yeah, like yeah. Sumerians, uh, sure. Sumerians. So okay. like five thousand uh, years ago, I, my history of Sumer is not very like, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of the first civilizations out there. Put your Which, comments below if you're an expert on Sumerian civilization. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like I don't necessarily know like. Because like that was the the first vision, and it it 
was very much the beginning of like cytonics. So I don't know how much time between that and the the second vision is because it is like described as being later. Um, mm. I would just like a, a very small like spoiler free note. I will just add I am very happy that they showed first contact between alien species as happening in those ancient Sumerian times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, it's it's kind of it makes me laugh when I think about like ancient aliens. And because yeah. they, there's a lot of people yeah. who tie that with Sumer. And second of all, it kind of I'm glad that first contact did not happen in what to us would be recent history. Mm-hmm. Because, you, you know, I, I think you might recall I had a beef with that in a different situation. So I'm just glad to be confirmed mm. right on this one, that this happened a long, long time ago and not like within my grandparents' lifetime. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is, that is cool. You know, with the Delvers, I think the one piece that I'm kind of missing with the Delvers is sort of how they manifest in the somewhere as they do. Because I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. AIs, uh, copy to self, great. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I really liked how they always made the same decision. Like, that they uh, mm-hmm. need to enforce that sameness. I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they, like, manifest as this giant shadow thing that has this dust cloud. I don't know what that has to do with anything i'm i'm a little confused Uh, about that there is a sort of explanation i think where like the delver shell is obviously like they're going off the last thing that they knew physically which was the ai shell yeah yeah yeah. and then the dust cloud is think is like matter that's being drawn to them i think which is what creates that and the reason they throw rocks is because that's what's available to them at oh the time. yeah right 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 yeah. right okay. it's them flailing around which yeah they aren't ai anymore they're delver like entities or delvers as the case may be yeah um i i don't know how much explanation there is for that beyond like it's the cool thing brandon came yeah. up with and yeah. it needs to yeah. happen yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff in these books that it's just like how do the figments attack technology now, I do think there is something with figments, especially with their relationship mm-hmm. with humans. Uh, I don't know about that Delver-like entity, but I think that's very cool. Uh, also, but- the fact that Mbot's original ship had figment technology in it. Oh, yeah, 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 ne- yeah. Like, that's never been addressed. That has to be addressed, I feel like. But there's a lot of things in this where it's like, because it's cool, because this isn't like a super hard SF cool situation cool. here. Yeah. Uh, and. I'm mostly fine with that. Uh, like, I, I yeah. don't know if there will be an explanation for figments being able to hack into technology, for example. Like, that could just yeah. be a same, it's cool, you know, mm-hmm. type thing, right? It's yeah, a similar like, I mean, thing with, like, how does it work with resonance? Like, yeah, they can put crystals into things, but how does that actually let them control a ship? So I, I feel like that's also a just take a step back and accept this. Because resonance are cool. I, I did really like the resonance. I thought they were Yeah, cool. same. Um, yeah, I mean, at at some point, this is this is really this is not a science fiction story. This is science fantasy. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there, I I am fine with like figments and delvers and everything being weird because at the end of the day, I know we all love to like magic mechanics and breaking it down. But there comes a point where we just have to accept that this is space magic. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Spiritual 100%. realm. It's, it's, it's in the spiritual realm. It's, it's, it's in the nowhere. That's that's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. is you know. <laughs> I do really like how much we get on cytotics and like the cytotic powers in this book and just. The expansion of not only what Spencer can do, which I am still a bit confused about what she can do, but the other types of powers that also exist. And one of the ones that I really liked is Chet, of course, tells Spencer that he lived that long in the nowhere as a way to kind of get her to believe it. But it's mentioned later that the actual Chet also had the power of long life and Mm. The the powers do seem to be a little bit of everything, but I do like that we're getting more of an explanation of what is involved. Yeah, I really like the, all the new powers, and this is very clearly just a, a send up of like psych, psychic powers from yeah, especially older sci fi. The one power I did have a problem is like Spencer's like exploding like a star. I yeah, like I just completely did not being a star. Yeah, yeah. I just did not understand. Like this was a, this power did not read to me as anything other than just uh, get out of jail free card whenever she needed it. She's the main character. It reminds me of Alina from um, Shadow and Bone with her sun power. It's like, what does the sun power actually do? It's bright. Or we we knew that it illuminated stuff and killed the demons. Here's to all the Shadow and Bone fans. Shadow and Bone was really good. I, I would it recommend. Is very good. I, I, I love like it. it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Whereas Spencer, like Spencer's power was uh, basically just resistance to Cytonics, because like she uses it to defend herself from Braid, and she uses it to uh, defend herself from like the Delver takeover of her brain. Which so I guess her power is basically just pushing other. Pushing other influences away, like mm. it felt so like undefined as an ability to me. Yeah, like, like my... you can see how trouble I have describing it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's like my kind of read on what I think it could be, which I don't. If it is this, I don't think it's explained particularly well. <laughs> is that like she's like not necessarily like, a source of cytonic power, but like she can like enhance maybe cytonic power. Because like like she's radiating out energy because she's a star, so like she might be able to make other cytonics around her like um, more powerful, like maybe like enhance their range. Oh, maybe. And that so like yeah. she could also like boost herself, and it's like she's good at like repelling like cytonic attacks because like she's just like pushing out energy, and that just naturally pushes away those attacks. Yeah, I kind of wish that we, if if that is what it is, we I kind of wish we showed it at least with Chet, because like I know he's a Delver, so he's like as non-standard as they go when it comes to Cytonics. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the whole like star power was felt very like underexplained to me. Mm-hmm. It felt like yeah. she she's basically a tavern. I do wonder what powers the Delvers actually have. Yeah, because they they obviously can teleport in and out of the nowhere, but. It's a bit unclear what else they can do in their Delver form. Like clearly, yeah. if they go into like become individualized, and they can do more. And it really felt like Chet just chose whatever powers he wanted, <laughs> so maybe <laughs> he could just do whatever he wants. But I'm just 
interested in like what can the delvers actually do like they're big and scary and they throw things but what else is there well they clearly like can manipulate matter that's like that's been their thing from the get-go and teleport it around like we do know that they they could like in somewhere they could like summon meteors which i guess the question now is if they are actually like creating matter out of nowhere or if they are tearing chunks out of yeah. Out of the belt in the nowhere and teleporting it into into somewhere. Yeah, probably the second yeah. one I would say is more likely because at at the end of this, they at the end of Cytonic, the Delvers were just throwing just random crap, basically. Yeah, it's like, like oh yeah, it's, from... there's a but the Delvers have access to all the stuff that ha- they could only create at the end. They could only create things that had gone through the nowhere. Yeah, they couldn't create anything. Yeah. It had yeah, yeah, to yeah. have gone through like the the light burst of the nowhere. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, my, my question is, like, where, where do they get matter matter for, for this? Because, like, clearly they they didn't just find a thousand bodies that looked like Chet somewhere and teleported them around. So I guess uh, I'm just wondering, like, where... This might be a thing where we just accept that it happens. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's, it's yeah. just it magic. To that. Yeah. yeah, but they do seem to be able to just bring things into nowhere and bring things into somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like have like a major like case of telekinesis. Yeah. Or however you're supposed to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah. But Delvers yeah, have obviously immortal. Cytonic stuff. Whatever, whatever they need to do. They that's demonic they do. possession. Yeah, that would I mean that was very cool. Oh, I did yeah, that I did enjoy weird. that. But that was very weird as well. You know, actually, actually, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the body swapping thing that happened in Defending Elysium. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's freaky. You Like, that has not been really touched on until maybe this possession sort of thing. But that, that was a weird plot point in there. But we I do get wish we... the explanation for um, Spence's dad in this one. Oh yeah. Of what happened there with the taking over his mind? We we mm-hmm. do that is touched on, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did like that. I don't remember what they specifically said, but I do remember mm-hmm. that was touched on. Um yeah. I will say I really like the like demonic possession as as an element that was introduced and I wish they used it more. Yeah, same. Yeah, cuz it shows up it just set up with that one pirate at the start of the book and then it only really comes up when uh, when Hesho gets possessed yeah. briefly. Yeah. Uh, it does get one more um, mention. Like, there's a Heklo that gets oh, yeah. possessed. Uh, yeah. Like, but it's just like, it's on a fig, like, on a fragment, like, in the distance, like, watching, watching them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, they, they need eyes to see through, like, to scout out the, the zone. But, yeah, I kind of wish they... To be honest, I kind of wish we lost even one of the new characters to just Delver possession, just to show how terrifying it can be. Yeah. You can possess people my... that aren't main characters. Yeah. Oh, did... I guess. I would say it did kind of, the whole like demonic possession aspect kind of put me in Warhammer 40k mood. I know I have like three moods and one of them is Warhammer 40k. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I keep I keep trying to des- to call somewhere real space because that's what they call it in Warhammer. <laughs> ah, I see. Yeah. Well, I mean, the name nowhere and somewhere is not great names. I would say. Yeah. I'm not I a keep, fan. I keep having to correct they, myself they could on be that. Better. Yeah, the the whole the Delver possession really reminded me of like demonic possession in 40k, and I really wished we did more of that because 
demonic possession is in 40k is awesome. It, like it, it's very haunting, which, which is probably why I liked the beginning in a way. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought that was very interesting, and then it's like, and now here are all the characters. Here, this mm-hmm. here are the pirates. Please, please, uh, love the pirates. And like I did like the pirates. It's just I didn't love the pirates because I know. <laughs> I'm skeptical they will appear in a dramatic way in the next book until proven otherwise. But I, I do, I would love to see these characters matter in the next book. That would help a lot. Mm-hmm. I want that. One world building element that I really didn't like that I think makes the book worse is, and I understand why this is happening. So I wanted to expound on what was in my review. What was the world building element that I didn't like? I don't like that they're not using live ammo. I, it just really makes it feel like I don't really care about the space combat. Like, I understand why they're doing that, but like, that just made it so I wasn't particular. Like, until the Delvers throw, you know, the buildings there, like, the mm-hmm. space combat barely matters, really. And Spencer's just really good. That, like, mm-hmm. I just don't feel any of that tension, which is a big difference from Skyward and, honestly, the novellas uh, had more yeah. tension. And so, like, this, like, I, I do want to touch on this. Uh-huh. Because, like, as we've discussed, the stakes are different in each book. In Skyward, it's life or death. It In Starsight, it's don't be discovered. And in this book, it's, like, don't forget those you love so it's like i understand why it's because brandon has, sets up different stakes like he doesn't want to mix mix and match it's like this book's like whole like set up stakes isn't about life or death so it makes sense like well if we have like this one like fight scene where like the stakes are life and death it's you talk about whiplash like that would be whiplash within the book which i think is worse than whiplash between books it, it it also like goes to like support it's like Spensa for all of her bravado isn't actually a bloodthirsty person True. like she doesn't want to kill people and so like the idea of this phase where it's like she can fly and like in combat without the risk of like like murdering or like killing a bunch of people like that is part of the allure it's like it's the thing she loves but she doesn't have to kill people it's somebody on the discord i don't remember who like um compared it to like um the nowhere for spencer is like the um island of the lotus eaters from the odyssey where it's like oh like this really nice thing that like you want but then you just get stuck for forever and so it's like, yeah. I think it being not live ammo supports that. Yeah. I've been describing the nowhere as Spencer's fairy tale land or fairy mm-hmm. tale because it's everything that she wants and that she really deserves, and the nowhere gives her that. Mm-hmm. So two things: one. We did have a fight scene at the end where the the stakes are life or death, so we still get the tonal whiplash. Uh, uh, y- yes, but like it's at the end of the book where it's like the rules stop mattering. Yeah, but because it's a Brandon book. Sure. Two. I guess I was just never like super sold with the 
I knew Spencer wasn't going to stay in the nowhere. Like, oh, we all know this, right? Like, oh, I, why is this a, a massive conflict? Like, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't buy into that premise as maybe yeah, as it, much as I should have. I, don't know. I think that's part of like the willing suspension of disbelief like you have to like for it to work you have to believe like she might not go back yeah but i know there's Even another though, like, book you know she will. <laughs> i know there's another book so See, it just... i kind of saw it as like i know she'll go back i know which choice she will make but that doesn't mean watching her struggle to make the choice is any easier mm-hmm. and yeah like i think yeah. I think all the stuff with the the lack of live ammo and being able to fly and being pirate champion, it's really good character development for Spencer. She grows up a lot in this book. And I yeah. think part of that growing up is her having to choose the hard like the hard choice and to go back. That being said, I am with Eric in that I found it a bit dull to read the um the fight scenes because I didn't have any investment in them. And as much as I like it overall for character, for Spencer's character development, I didn't like it as scenes and like well building to read. I will say I did not particularly mind the, the, the ammo not being live in, not being deadly in the fight scenes, because like I said, we, we've reached a point where Brandon just won't kill off more characters because <laughs> so for me like you know it doesn't really matter if Amo is live or not it's not like I'm expecting anyone to actually die in those fights <laughs> but they're one time characters <laughs> one more characters uh, yeah I still just I mean the same could be said about Starside crew and none of them died yeah well not even half of them died yeah yeah so uh, I just did not I did not mind the all of that being done with fake ammo because one, the the stakes were not life of de- or death. It was about Spencer proving herself to the pirates, and two, uh, everyone had pro- plot armor anyway, and live ar- ammo is not going to pierce that. I, I I guess it's the combo, not just of the live ammo, but the just that it feels like Spencer's so much better than every other pilot, except like Hesho, I guess. That I'm like, I, I'm not super invested in this. Like like in the pirate stuff, like. Like, what, during the champion battle, like, the most interesting part had nothing to do with the space combat and was more just, like, the, like, those weird, the things where Spencer is hearing from the Delver, right? Like, that was the interesting part. And that was, that was interesting. And so I'm just like, I, I'm glad Spencer is enjoying herself and getting character development, but I... I didn't love those scenes. They're just, they're just fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a very stark contrast to novellas when when they're doing flight scenes, I always feel worried still. And I haven't felt worried for Spencer flying in a long time, really. In, until the ending, honestly. like That's the only place where I was actually worried. I really liked in the ending that there was the feeling of frustration because Spencer didn't know how to solve the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I love that so much. Like I could feel her like frustration coming through the pages because she was just at a dead end and nothing had worked. And what should she do now? It was very good. I really like that. Uh, do, do you, I, I feel like you have another comment regarding the ending, Jess. 
Okay, so I've already been through one character who is resurrected in this book, and I really dislike the resurrection trope. Really, really dislike. And at the end, we get two more! We get two more resurrections at the end of this goddamn book! And they they follow the exact same path as well. One of them I'm much more upset about than the other, because the other I kind of like skimmed over and then realized later. But firstly, we get Chet who sacrifices himself nobly and it does absolutely nothing to help. But then we get Embot as well, who sacrifices himself nobly and it kind of does help. But the thing is, the scene with Embot, I, Brandon convinced me that he was actually going to do like the insane thing of killing off our like second main character in this book and like the second last book of this series like the way it was written pulled me in and I was losing myself with this and even in the scene Ember talks about how he knows he's gonna die and even the line of like come back for me like that's just something you say to comfort the person who's about to normally sacrifice himself and knows it and then he doesn't die then the next chapter the next chapter <laughs> it's literally the next chapter we find out a page from each other that Chet's alive and Embot's alive and it's such a throwaway oh no it's fine he's fine and anyone who's seen me rant about this on the discord well, know that I kind of find this to be really, like, it, it's coddling almost because Brandon sets it up so we feel the grief and then immediately goes, shh, it's okay, don't worry, he's fine, don't you worry, he's fine, we'll just wrap you in a blanket and tell you he's fine and there's nothing wrong here, Ambot's okay, guys. And that is what it felt like to me. I was so angry reading this chapter that I had to go back and reread it because I did not take in anything else in that chapter. And you know, it was kind of a big chapter for things to happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just, I hate that Brandon constantly uses the resurrection trope, like constantly uses it. I hate that this is the second time that he has used it for Embot and both times he has written it to try and get grief out of people. It's not written in a way of don't worry, we'll come back to this. It's written in a way to get people emotional and then to bring him back immediately. Huh, just what was what was the point in any of this? What was the point in writing it that way? Just write it so people know that he's definitely coming back. Like, don't like don't do this thing where you go to try and take people's emotions to then just like rip them away and say it's fine don't worry <sighs> i don't like the resurrection trope and i hate the way the branded did this and this almost ruined the book for me <laughs> like i know i dislike I the book but this is this is definitely one of the reasons that it's one of my most disliked books ever from brandon yeah it, it, it is done. interesting <laughs> that you hate the resurrection trope so much because I feel like it is one of Brennan's favorite tropes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you, yeah, uh, yeah, it is. What, it is. What, what, 
I think we learned with the Cosmere Beefs episode in this book is that Jess is growing more and more annoyed with Brandon using this trope. Yeah, it gets worse every time. I get more annoyed every time. And I also confess when you said, when we were leading into this and you were like, there are two fake out deaths at the end of this book. And I was like, two? (laughs) Who's the second one? Chet is really easy to miss, I will admit. Yeah, Yeah. because it's like, also, like, I didn't view that as a death. Like, he wasn't going to be killed. Like, they were just going to, like, reset him. Sure, right. So, like, the fact that that's what happened is like, okay, like, yeah, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also, different than Mbot, I think. Yeah, it's very different from Mbot, in, in my opinion. But also with Mbot, when Chet leaves to go do his sacrifice, it's like, Mbot has the line, it's like, oh, that's how you do it. Which instantly in my mind is like, okay, like he's going to like shed his physical form and become a Delver-like entity. Yeah. And because it's like the reveal is like so close back to back that like I didn't have time to grieve. And by Seth, it's just like, it's like, it's like, oh, like he did the thing like that I was expecting him to do. Awesome. I had to like, put the book down. She, Jess literally <laughs> was sobbing. Like, like it, she, this she might have been the the like most emotional death I've. Had. It's up there with Elika. Like, it's that yeah, level for like, me. Like, That's how high. It was. Jess was sobbing, and then when she got to the next chapter, like she's over there reading Fury. She was so mad. This this is this is Jess toned down also i gotta say jess rance the best uh i love you babe uh this this is why i'm I'm married jess because her rants 10 out of 10 would listen again um i didn't mind mbot dying and coming back because i didn't believe that he would die like it's again like everyone has plot armor i until they're like dead dead i am just assuming no one is dead Mm Yeah, I will have to, I I feel a bit bad after hearing about the strong reaction Jesse had, but I never really, (laughs) Embo's death never really registered as a death to me, as as with the others, because I was like, okay, here we are setting up that Embot has learned how to corpsify himself, like step out of the physical boundaries. And then we have Embot saying like, okay, come back to me. So obviously he's not actually killing himself. He's just, you know. He's just going to use this to ascend to a higher plane of existence or whatever. And I love the idea of Mbot as a Delver-like thing. Like, that's really cool. No idea what's going to happen. Like, I dig that a lot. Yeah, so just for me, it was less like the reveal was less to the reader that Mbot's alive because I I thought that as a reader, I was supposed to put this together. And this was just a reveal to Spencer. And I, I was a lot more angry with Chet. Because the Chet's oh, okay. uh, sacrifice did feel, I, I did say it before that uh, that I felt like Chet was my favorite character in this right. book. And so Chet being like, we, we only just got to know the real Chet, like the, the yeah, actual yeah, yeah, end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and now he he's just being kicked out because we can't have a character through, go through more than one book in this series. <laughs> that's not Spencer Amber. <laughs> so I was really annoyed that we got this cool, you know. We got this cool and interesting character that's like something that, you know, we haven't seen be in the series before, like an actual Dervin. And I was like, think of, oh, how, how cool would it be when Spencer turns up with, with a Delver body? You know, that's going to blow everyone's minds back on the, on the Tritus. And then he just 
no, we, we can't have that here. First, he gets reset. And then when he actually came back in the, in the light burst, I was just, yes, we are getting Chet back. And then Spencer ate him. So <laughs> oh, I, I, was, I was really annoyed at Chet. I do really hope in Defiant that Chet is not just completely gone and Spencer just now has Delver abilities. Like, I, oh, I'm yeah, with you bad. there that yeah. it would, yeah. I, I would be grumpy if Chet's just gone like i want some Uh internal dialogue between those two like if if chat was totally gone i i would definitely be upset uh i i'm still kind of confused how any of that's gonna work in practice so i i guess i'll find out uh but i can understand where you're coming from there yeah that that last chapter did not leave me very hopeful for chat (laughs) in the future can can i just say i've had this great vision of of something Mbot could do in the next book as a Delver, because mm-hmm. we learned that he's really bad at piloting, actually, which I loved that scene where he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I finally get to pilot. I'm immediately awful at this. Amazing. <laughs> now just imagine Mbot manifests into the somewhere as a Delver and is just as bad <laughs> This is actually something I've been wanting to um, bring up, because Mbot's body like his ship was destroyed right which is very sad if he manifests in the somewhere like he's going to manifest like as his ship yeah like, i guess that's true and not because like the, that yeah. that is right. his body it's like that's how we can bring that Ooh. back spencer can pilot mbot again that oh. is a really cool way to do that that would be yeah. really cool now i'm just Okay, yeah, I didn't put that together. It's like Spencer, kind of a Delver, Mbot, also kind of a Delver, and like what that would be like. So, like, mm-hmm. what would it be the same size ship, or would it be like an enormous ship? I, like, I don't know. I think he would have control. I think it would manifest as the same size ship. Like, I think he would have control over that. Yeah, Delvers like don't because like they don't actually remember what their body was like. I guess that's because true. Because they deleted those memories. Sure, right, okay. Yeah. And they also want to be big and scary because, like, they're... Right, right. I don't know. I, I, I love... I gotta say, this is all the appeal of watching the Cosmere Beefs episode. Just, and just Brandon Beefs of just watching people who feel really strongly about a thing. As I did. I did complain about the Delvers. Uh, I, I do still think... Even though the Delvers were still cool, and I'm glad that the corrupted Delver was Chet, like, I thought that was really interesting. I still think that uh, Chet should have killed more people on Starsight. Just putting it out there. The one person who died didn't matter, uh, which was also very funny to hear in the Cosmere Beefs episodes. Like, well, Hesho died, and I'm just here like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. mm -hmm." The the Delver, Chet should have, it's weird to cut. Call the Delver Chet. It's like Chet should have killed way more people in Starsight. <laughs> Just kill the Delver him. who will become Chet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chet should have killed killed way more. I, I'm still a bit annoyed about that. That it just feels like the stakes are lowered. That said, I'm still optimistic that Defiant will one have stakes. That'd be great. Uh, and two. It's gonna be pretty awesome, and that we will see characters from previous books, just solidly yeah. like Jorgen. Jorgen confirmed, yeah. okay. But I, I would like to see characters from the previous books matter. Uh, I think that will help the series a lot, though it will be weird if Defiant goes back to 
here are very high stakes again. I'm like, this series has some very weird tonal whiplash of just what, what the stakes are. It will with the novellas, though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I guess, like, my one worry in this regard is that we have this one, well, I guess we have several mysteries, but there is one, this outstanding mystery that keeps getting brought up, and that's the missing earth. Yes, I, wanna, one, I want some answers about yeah, that, for is, sure, yeah. I, I don't. Okay. I don't want, because oh, okay. I... I am, I am perfectly fine leaving the missing earth as just the background world building thing that is just yeah. there. Okay. Because because I am worried that if we do end up focusing on the lost earth in Defiant, then we're going to have less time to tie up all the plot threads that are already started. That's fair. So like my my big worry for Defiant, like my my wish for what I want to happen in Defiant is to see this like. I don't know which one of you put it like the Avengers assemble moment. Yes. Mm. Yes. Of One where of everyone like pulls together and we actually like focus down on let's fight superiority. My great, my one fear for Defiant is that instead it's going to be uh, Spencer's adventures searching for lost Earth while everyone else oh. does the fighting. Oh yeah, that. that see, I yeah. kind of see it as like I, I'm kind of expecting uh, old Earth to be the thing that ties everything together and it's not necessarily like the adventures to go find it and explore it but more it is the pin in the middle of everything and that's where where the ending takes place maybe where the action um, is yeah 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 i guess and, like, like there's it- something about old earth that ties this together that that like puts all of the mystery and makes it like the mystery of the Delvers and like a way to defeat the superiority. I feel like it's all tied into old earth. I hope so. Like ideally, ideally we would get like the solution to old earth that won't, that will be like a natural part of the whole world against superiority. But like my, if I were to choose between story of fighting superiority and story of finding lost earth, and if we couldn't like marry those into one coherent story, then I would very much prefer to keep the Lost Earth a mystery, just that's sure. just part of the yeah. setting. It's like in um, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. Like at one point, they have to go to this far off place to find this scepter. And it kind of just feels like this really random side thing that they have to do. And then they just go back and continue on with what they were doing before, and it didn't matter. And, like, I would worry about something like that, which I think is similar to what you're saying, uh, Rasal. Yeah. Like, I don't want yeah, it like, to overshadow the whole book. That, yeah, that like, wouldn't like be fun. I guess for me, the, the, the difference is between, like, how important the mystery is for, like, the, the greater narrative of the universe versus the here and now. Because, like, the, the thing about the Path of Elders is it has like profound implications to, for the history of this universe. Yes. Mm. But it's it doesn't really feel that it's immediately important for the current mm. superiority problem. And mm. that is my prob- my issue is that okay, it's it's interesting the whole like mysteries of the universe are are fascinating, but we have this clear and present danger that I feel like it should not be overshadowed because mm. you know, we started the series focusing on clear and present danger. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I can definitely imagine, like, that, like, Old Earth is 
just like where the ending takes place and like there are some scenes there i wouldn't want it to be a large side quest because the book has a lot to do it's just kind of interesting because every book and and kind of every novella uh is centered around a place kind of um right and defiant is sort of the most broad one where like i don't like there's a lot of threads but i don't know how it will come together at all really like there, there's just a lot of stuff and i don't know how you make a coherent story out of it uh so i can mm-hmm. see old earth being an aspect or an, or even an important aspect of it uh i really really want an avengers assemble moment where we where we see a lot of characters coming together that will that that maybe is another thing that i'm still a little salty about star sight where it's like oh and then we're going to get the fight with uh you know uh spence's new crew and her old crew nope not at all it's just like we're not we're not going to talk about them at all also Jorgen's in the center of the planet like or not the center of the planet you know what i'm talking about uh yeah, like underground that. um so i do want that moment in defiant because like clearly we weren't getting it and brandon is probably like intentionally being like okay we're not getting it now but presumably the rest of the series uh, like the end of the series we will have that moment uh i feel that's important and we are never going to get that in this book ever something that we did get in this book which i can't believe we got in this book is the scene where spencer is teaching cutlass flight different maneuvers so therefore we got flight school number three. <laughs> yep. yeah, one. We true. have to get that's one true. in book four now. Brandon has to give us that's that. a promise. That, it's that's... gone from like, oh my god, I can't believe he gave us that. To no, you have to, you have to complete that's, this. That's now. the number one. Uh, that's the one thing that's been consistent. In all these and it, you know what? I would like to, like, with the flight school, like, if we. If we were to get an Avengers Assemble moment, I don't want it to be at the end of the series, where like everyone suddenly just pops in in the last ten percent of the book. Yeah. Uh, what I would like is like if, for example, if we are going to be doing something as a team, then I'd like for it to be a team that's comprised of say, Hesho, Moriumur, Kimalin, and Jorgen, and maybe someone from the new crew, just yeah, so yeah, sure, they sure. don't just come all together, together at the yeah, at yeah, the end I, of the team. Yeah, and Moriamur have... is the one person that can't be in that because Moriamur is currently a baby. Yeah, oh, I, that's that's why I was always like, am I ever gonna see Moriamur again? But I'd like there to be a way for that to work somehow. For the for the flight school segment of that book, we could have the the three flights learning to fly together. Yeah, mm-hmm. or yeah. we can have Spencer teaching Mbot to as a Delver to fly, which I would also be very uh, excited about <sighs> finally the delver flight school we wanted yeah if it's mbot but like but like that honestly that could actually really work because like uh mbot hasn't been able to fly his own ship okay we we got some of that in Cytonic. he was really bad at it so i'd like to see him be good at it you know by the end like i think that could maybe work maybe i do want to make a cosmere reference okay we make fun of kaladin Yes. We're making new squads wherever he goes. Yes. Which makes me think Bensa would make at least an adequate Windrunner. You know, I actually I had like when I was finishing the when I finished the book, remember I had a thought about like a Kaladin comparison and not mm. just because of the squad, but I'm going to have to dip into a bit of a rhythm of war there for a minute. 
Okay. All right. I'll just label this. Uh, I'll just put something on screen and it'll be a chapter. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching the Cost- audio, just read it in the description where you need to skip to if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's, there's this small thread in Rhythm of War about uh, Kaladin feeling like he likes fighting, but he doesn't like the dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It, yeah. it really feels mm-hmm. like Spencer like, has the same arc of like she likes starfighter fighting, but she doesn't like the killing that comes with it. And it's kind of weird that just Brandon, within within a year of each other, released two books whose main protagonists have the same plots, uh, the same character arc, fumble, not, not fumble, thing. Presumably that might just be because it's like it's kind of on his mind, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like this is a different way to explore a similar thing. But yeah. I, I can see why it's like, mm, that's interesting that it's similar. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, it's similar, but it still feels fresh and new. It's not like yeah. it's like, oh, Brandon's doing this again. It's just like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah. no, like, he's exploring the same thing, like, in with a new character. It's like, I, I really liked that it was so, it shared that story yeah, like it's, juice. It's not like the resurrection trope where he does, yeah. or the dead wife trope. It's just, you know, if I had a, if I had a nickel for every time a character in the Brandon story you know, thinks about how they like fighting but not killing. You know, it, I would only have two nickels, but it's weird that it happens twice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it also helps that Spencer doesn't have the I must protect everyone dial turned up to 11. Like that, that isn't like a core aspect of it, you yeah. know? Like, like they're an, similar characters, but they're not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, they yeah. do yeah. have similarities and these are the similarities. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And how they respond to like the yeah. same core like issue in different ways because they are different characters. Yep. Yeah. So no longer Cosmere stuff. Uh with that that somehow reminds me of two moments I found completely hilarious, which was the Lion King retelling. Uh and oh, this is really funny. Uh, so cute. And and also uh Spencer thinking Satan's the hero of Doctor. <laughs> I love that. That was amazing. It's like, yeah, obviously he's the protagonist. And Emma's like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And so the Satanist, I love it. (laughs) Oh man, that was hilarious. Like, but that makes sense if uh, centuries away, if we, if you don't have the texts anymore, it's just like these hints of these things. Like you would totally I take certain things as stories. And... But also, stories I think that's mostly fiction. just Spencer. That's yes, yes. probably true. Yeah. 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 Probably, probably Grand Grand knows what's up there and Spencer does. Yeah. And I feel like both both Embot and Chet like realize that's not quite how that went. <laughs> <laughs> but so so there were good moments. And I, I did enjoy the book uh moving through. Uh I had a tough time ranking this against Star Sight. Because I think Skyward's still my favorite by far, no question in my mind. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone else feels similarly. Um, I have not read Skyward in Starlight recently enough to do an adequate yeah. comparison. Yeah, I liked them all. I, I liked, like, like I said at the very beginning of this, I, I liked uh, Cytonic more than Starlight, but less than Skyward. Mm. Skyward is my favorite Brandon book ever. Cytonic is my least favorite Brandon book. <laughs> 
ever. <laughs> and it's just so funny that they're like a book away from each other. And Starsight's like, I don't know, somewhere in between. It, it's tough because like I really love Starsight for like 90 to 95% of the time. And then it totally falls off a cliff and I hate it. Uh, whereas Titanic, I'm like, like I didn't enjoy it as much, but I'm like I'm 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 having fun all all through this, and that's good. And then the ending was great. So like, how do these average? I don't know. Uh, maybe Cytonic over Star Sight, but I it it's hard to say. I'm still. Yeah, it's like I'll I would probably lean towards Cytonic, like being above Star Sight, definitely. Where ranks with Skyward, I don't know. Because, like, I really like getting into, like, the mysticism. That was really cool. Like, the world part of it. That's the part of the force I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mysticism of the force. Yeah, right. Um, Yeah. And that was really well done here, for sure. Like, that was Mm -hmm. was the best part of the book, I felt, and the Delver stuff. It also, I think, helps that Starsight telegraphs to the reader suspense is going somewhere else and that mm-hmm. helps it, like i didn't i never expected the other characters to really appear i was really happy to get the jorgen uh interludes uh well not jorgen interludes but like interludes with jorgen and getting that interaction because i honestly didn't think we were gonna get anything like that but then i'm like oh right we have communication across the galaxy that makes sense uh so to me, Cytonic set expectations better, whereas Skyward doesn't have that same expectation. Like, if you're really liking the crew, it's just like, I mean, there is a greater universe, but not that, hey, we're going to leave everyone behind and go somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? It was very interesting that when Spencer slept in the belt, her mind seemed to go into the light burst. And because that's how she was able to contact Jorgen, right? Like, she couldn't right. do that from the belt. It had Ooh, to right. be yeah, yeah, yeah. in, like, yeah. the more non-corporal space. And that was very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Other interesting thing with the light burst is that people losing their memories didn't happen before the Delvers wiped their own memories yeah. and then multiplied themselves and went into the light burst. <sighs> yeah! The that's magic really mechanic. The mechanic stuff is so interesting and weird, and I don't think we're going to get a lot of answers, but it's very cool. I am fine with leaving this one to space magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 same. Uh, yeah. But I, I like, do think it's cool. going to get an separate. answer because, like, it was specifically addressed. It's like, that yeah. didn't happen before. So it's yeah, like, I guess it's that's a true. new thing. Yeah. Um, if we are speaking of, like, the Spencer interludes and the dreams... I feel like it's telling that we are yet to talk about Braid and Winzik. That's oh, true. Yeah. yeah. That did yeah, because like this this book has really reaffirmed my feeling like Braid and Winzik are not very interesting antagonists. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like, I see Braid, I see where you're going with this. Right. Yeah. Because sure. Winzik, like the thing about Winzik uh, was that he felt somewhat threatening to me in Starside because he was this important official who felt like he was like an inch from discovering who Spencer was. Whereas in uh, Cytonic definitely like gives me the feeling that because Braid, okay, I, I'm going to be playing here. Braid's plan seems incredibly stupid. Remind me what Braid's, Braid's plan was. 
that's okay. Let me let me reiterate it to you. Yeah. Thank so you. braid. So in order to get what she wants, we st- which we still don't know what her motivations are beyond just, you know, I. I am fine being seen by what I am. I am not like one of the other humans. I don't want to be part of the human civilization, which seems to be Braid's <laughs> character. Braid seems to be like on board with whatever Winzik is doing, and she wants to like enable Winzik, and Winzik wants to take control of superiority by the means of Delvers, and he promises them that he's going to wipe out all the Cytonics once he's in charge, which means that either... Either he intends to pull one over the Delvers and uh, don't actually wipe out Cytonics, which, you know, you still have not found out how to banish Delvers, so good job, good buddy. Good luck with that. <laughs> and, or, or he actually wants to go along with, uh, with wiping out Cytonics, which would, again, cripple their civilization, and also Braid is an idiot for going along because, hey, guess who you are? A cytonic. And Braid knows this because Braid is the one facilitating this yeah, in the first place. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I have to... Mm-hmm. Can I, if, if I may just finish this little rant because okay, yes. it's been brewing a bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Braid is just... And Winzik in, in Cytonic is just not very effective as a villain because I get the feeling that Braid has to have a smartened plan than just, you know, throw yourself on the pyre of Winzik's plans to superiority. Which means that it feels like she's playing him, which means that he has like Braid is an antagonist with no clear motivation, and Winzik is an antagonist who is manipulated by an, by an antagonist with no clear motivation, and they just both are kind of there. And I am a bit, and also Braid is coming across as just evil Spencer in those scenes, because whatever power stereotypical she, evil. Yeah, she, whatever power Spencer has, Braid seems to come up with a way to either replicate it or, you know, uh, resist it, like the way she trapped Spencer to control her communication abilities, etc. And I, I have a feeling that we're going to end up with some sort of Marvel movie kind of crime where the final fight is just two <laughs> uh, people with identical that's abilities fighting each other. Yeah. Because oh, I will bet you. That's very I bet plausible, you, though. Because the only way Braid's plan is going to work, in my opinion, is if she ends up bonding a Delver the same way. That's just what I was thinking. Yes. Mm. Oh, this is very, this is scarily plausible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So I do have a few responses. Okay. Sorry. If you're done. Yeah, I I am done. I I apologize. I kind of went on after. Um, That's okay. uh, One is like, it won't actually cripple their civilization because they can just use the slugs. Oh, true. Good point. (laughs) Um, But also it's like, you did an either or and I don't think either option is actually what's going on, which is Winzik will wipe out the vast majority of Cytonics, except for the one that works for him. Because if she's the only Cytonic around, like that is a huge um, amount of power. And like then he'll he'll just work on like hiding her or like renegotiating with the like, oh, well, like we need this one to make sure that no others pop up. That sort of yeah, thing. sure, sure, sure. Which yeah, is, yeah. So it's like it, I don't think Braid's going along like willingly to her death. I think she's in on the plan. It's like she's not going to die because of this plan. Sure, and she knows that. Yeah, that those are those are some very good points. Uh, when Alla was talking, I was just like, 
yeah, I don't know if you guys watch Pitch Meetings, which is an excellent series on YouTube, but uh, basically there's points where it's like, oh, what's that villain's deal? And it's like, he's evil. And like, Winzik definitely exudes some of that. He is a little more interesting, uh, like taking control over the superiority and stuff like, yeah, that, that's believable enough. But in this, in Cytonic, he's just like, he's evil and he's the bad guy. So like, my, my main problem with, with this like duo of evilness is Braid. Because I, I get it that she is traumatized by the fact that she was raised by superiority and she just drank the aggressiveness, Kool-Aid, etc. But it, Braid has the capacity to end this entire plot right here and now. <laughs> it's true. It is true. It would be so easy. Winzik's plan works purely and entirely because Braid has decided that she absolutely refuses to interact with her species. And I think like the fact that they have this whole idea of what humans are like and they're really aggressive and all of this and Braid is just everything that they s said and like the the entire stereotype that they see as humans is exactly what Braid is, which is why I don't find her very interesting mm. because yeah, Spencer's aggressive, but she's not just aggressive. There's more to her than aggressive and evil. And Braid is just aggressive and evil. I wish uh, Alex or Shannon would be there because uh, for for this because they both really like Braid. Uh, don't know what Shannon feels about Braid right now, but uh, all I know is that Shannon really hates shit, and that's mostly what I know about Shannon's feels. But uh, yeah, just to talk about the other side of this deal and like the Delvers. I think they made a terrible deal, and I honestly don't understand why they said yes to this, because they can just go wipe out Cytotics themselves. Why do they need someone else to do it for them? Because they're going into the no, uh, they're going into the somewhere either way, right? Like if they make this deal, they have to go into the somewhere. If they don't make the deal, they can just go into the somewhere and destroy the Cytotics and then go back to the nowhere. And like, it's exactly the same, except in this way, They've tied themselves to someone who will definitely betray them and isn't really giving them anything helpful at all. So I don't really understand why the Delvers said yes, except for the fact that Delvers aren't good at thinking in the individuality and making decisions. That's the only reason that I can see that they made this dumb deal. Yeah, it did feel very weird as I was reading. It's like, what? I I thought the whole... I mean, obviously in this book, it's like, oh, now the Delvers know that people are people and they just don't care, right? Mm -hmm. But it does just... I thought they were a bit more unknowable that you couldn't just talk to them and make a deal. But okay, sure, I guess. <laughs> it was a little odd. It is weird, Jess. I don't know yeah. why they would do that. I just think that they, uh, it was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think the end of Starsight where Spencer did make that connection, like, kind of forced the Delvers to not be the unknowable eldritch horror that sure. they we, we kind of thought they were. Sure, okay. Otherwise, it's like, Spencer couldn't have done what she could do. What, what she did, rather. Right. So it's like, because Spencer could do what she did, like, Winsick and Braid can do this. Yeah, okay. Just from like a yeah. story perspective. But also, 
I get the feeling that, well, A, Delvers are, just aren't good at dealing with anything. Like, they, <laughs> really sounds their like whole that. kind of raise on Detro was like, I'm sad. Ooh, the solution. Forget everything, like, make a million copies of myself and just, like, ignore everything else. So, like, the, like, pawning off, Ooh. like, the dealing with Cytonics and someone else, like, does seem kind of in character for them. It's just like, <laughs> we don't want to deal with, like, murdering all those people. It's just like, like, you do that, like, we're just gonna, like, stay in our little bubble of non-linear everything is happening at once and we are all thinking the same thoughts at the same time even though we're not a hive mind which was a very interesting point i i, I did like that that was very cool yeah i found it but, very confusing <laughs> i can understand I found it that. confusing in a good way because <laughs> it's just like i don't know how that works but it seems cool <laughs> yeah, that was kind of me as well. It's like, I don't understand how this works, so I'm just not going to think about it too much and just accept it as it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. can, can I just say Cytoverse, uh, Cytoverse, with Delvers getting therapy. That's the <laughs> 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 Well, we see that in the difference between, like, with Mbot, right? Like, Mbot's mm -hmm. had all this time and these people to support him while he learns emotions and yeah, it yeah. means that um like it shows the difference between what can happen if you have that support or not yeah that's he doesn't a good point. become a delver that deletes himself yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and we also kind of see that with chet where journeying with spencer and spencer's whole like conversation in starsight like is his therapy basically. yeah yeah kind of yeah and he's struggling so, with that a lot yeah so what we're saying is the journey matters more than the destination. <laughs> and the Delver was just like, oh, reversed, like so. the, the wife Delver was just at the destination. She got none of the journey. <laughs> to bring up another thing I really like that kind uh -huh. of touches on like Winzik being super evil is the win um the, the Varvax among the pirates. Yes. Where Spencer has this whole thing where like she doesn't trust her. And then she realizes like Actually, she's just kind of a decent person. And Not they have cool. the conversation of like, hey, like, I really distrusted you because like your people imprisoned my people. And, and the Varfax was like, like, thank you um, for telling me that. It's like you are a very mature person. Like, I don't know if I could would have done the same. I just really liked that scene. I, yeah, I loved yeah. that scene. Uh yeah like the stuff with the pirates was really good like that was great i really enjoyed that just like spencer learning about those other cultures m much more i like um, that she was just uh like not even a middle manager she was just the person who sat in the back room and crunched mm -hmm. the numbers and that's all she wanted to be and she just wanted and to help as well yeah it, yeah. yeah and it, it was just a very interesting um I guess, profession for her to start with instead of something more government-based militaristic, yeah. which I think is mm -hmm. a little bit more what we've seen the Varvats yeah, do yeah, yeah. so far. It was just quite a difference. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Uh, and, and I loved yeah. the, the Tanasi trees and stuff. Like, that was, oh, that yeah. was all great. Those were really like, cool. at, at the end of the day, the whole, like, Scourge series seems to be 
about learning that we can all get along. Yeah. Because like every book is about Spencer learning to get yeah. along with more groups of people. Yeah. 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 So I True. guess like at the end of the day, Delvers couldn't be those unknowable eldritch entities because yeah. the whole series is about understanding and an unknowable entity is not really conductive to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I could definitely imagine some sort of uh conflict in the last book to like really like truly solve the Delver issue and they mm-hmm. Spencer needs to really delve mm-hmm. in, in there. I still don't really know why they're called Delvers, honestly. Uh yeah, that's cool weird. name. Sure. Um I think that's that's about it. Yeah. Brandon uh, liked the name. Yeah. But like actually like convince the Delvers of, of something. I don't know. But also, yes, all the race uh all the species can get along, and that's why we need the Avengers Assemble moment in the next book. So <laughs> all coming al- join up, let's go. We got we got stuff to do and fight fight the these enemies. I, I will expect that we both fight superiority and multiple delvers probably mm. like that that seems mm-hmm. pretty likely um of course we will we have to fight the braid braids merged with a delver yeah yeah we at least need <laughs> the delver needs to be in the fight and then one needs to merge with braid right easy um yeah we need our marvel battle <laughs> <laughs> and look it's only a meme with Marvel because they keep doing it over and over. <laughs> like mm-hmm. e- each individual time in a vacuum, it's like, okay, that's fine. I don't know. Um, so it could be fine. It, it Brandon might not even do that. I don't really know where Braid's going either, though, honestly. Yeah, she's just as as villains, though those two fell so flat for me in this book. Mm, yeah. I think it will help to have them be more in the forefront. Cause like again, we only see such tiny snippets of them, right? And they're not yeah. really a big force in the book. Uh, and so that's another problem, is that we're not dealing with them very much, right? Yeah. Cool. Any uh, other final thoughts on Cytonic? Kind of touched on this. Like, people who are living archetypes is a trope that I really love. So Chet oh, was sure. really cool. Right. Like, okay. Once we got like the reveal yeah, of what yeah, Chet yeah. actually was, it's like that was really cool to me. It's like, oh, like you're a, a living story, basically. Yeah. That's a trope I really love. I'm somewhat with Shannon, whereas like the specific archetype Chet chose, <laughs> I'm like, like it's fine. I don't hate it. Not my favorite. Not the one I would have chosen. I, I can but, understand why someone wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I guess I am I am really hyped for Evershore after the after this ending. Mm-hmm. And I am think I'm actually more hyped for Evershore than I was for Cytonic. That's fair. Uh we will definitely have an Evershore episode. Evershore, the, the third Skyward Flight novella comes out on December twenty eighth. Uh we'll likely have our Evershore episode. Like we're not recording it that weekend so it will take longer we'll also probably do a full episode on that rather than the shorter uh (laughs) shorter uh but that that will be a full episode because you know we'll we'll talk about the novellas as a whole uh and how we thought about all of them uh so that that will we'll definitely get that out in uh january uh and things but yeah that's very understandable uh with with evershore so I'm also pretty excited for Evershore after um, reading the first two novellas and just knowing how the how it 
fits in with this, uh, particularly mm. with the fact that Detritus is around another planet at the yeah. end. Yep. And yeah. what's going on there? Yeah. Um, but um. I did also want to mention um, I have my own reviews of Cytonic available. There's a non-spoiler and a spoiler on my own personal channel, which is Jesse. Jesse the Sleepy <laughs> What <laughs> is my channel? channel name? Um, <laughs> if people wanted to hear any more of my thoughts. I'll put a card on the upper right of the screen on YouTube. Whoa, how Whoa, neat. Oh, look the at technology. that. Fancy. I know. I'll link this. They uh, take so long to put I on. I think it's this direction. I don't yeah, know. No, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, a little thing. further up, but yeah. Uh, so if, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. all pointing in different directions, then I'll just point here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually. Mm -hmm. I have several videos where I've pointed in the completely wrong direction. <laughs> All I can say is that we're definitely not Delvers because we do not choose the same directions <laughs> at all in any way. We have no idea what's what. It doesn't help that uh, the casters have no idea where their location generally is on the overall. Well, I know I'm usually in the upper right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so now it was just like the, the mirroring Yeah, because yep, upper yep. right is this way for me. Right, exactly. Well... I think with that, uh, we'll go on to who's that Cydiverse character. Oh, by the way, Cydiverse confirmed the official name. Very cool. Uh, you can all thank Grace because she, she's she's the person who did that and first let uh, them them know. So that is very cool. It's on official things, according to the newsletter. Like, it's official. It's the Cydiverse. It was on which, the banner. It was on the banner. Minicon. Yeah. Yeah, which is very cool. So I've got to love that. Is it on the new cover for Defending Elysium? It is. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I, I hadn't yeah, seen it's, that. It has a subtitle, like a Cytoverse novella or something. Like that. Oh, nice. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So cheers to Grace. Fantastic. Uh, so anyway, let's go on to who's that Cytoverse character. This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tia. Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? Call. So, welcome to Who's That Cytiverse Character? Uh, you, normally it's Who's That Cosmere Character, of course. You send five clues and a character to WTCC at 17shard.com. I read each clue aloud, and these guys have a chance to guess. Who's that Cosmere or Cytiverse character? And uh, Grace looked. There were no Cytiverse uh, characters in the priority queue, so we're not getting that one. Uh, let's start with this first one, sent by someone you might know. This one is sent by some person named Paleo. Oh, right, it's Paleo uh, on the show. So, uh, oh, good, good thing Paleo wasn't here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. This is this yeah. is apparently the only one that uh, Grace found. Um, Paleo, don't put the answer first before the clues. It's 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 very distracting. I just want to say <laughs> this character is, and then it's like, oh no. So clue one: this character is working for the DDF. Dubsy. Uh, it's not them. I don't. I don't know who that is though. It, it's the ground crew member who Paleo and I both really like. <laughs> I don't trust like, the name. the nicest person in Skywood who goes to get Spencer's helmet so she can have her helmet in the final battle and helps her into the broken ship. I don't One. remember anything of that. Uh, neither do I. <laughs> One moment, please. Okay. 
Uh, so, so Jess, you are correct. That just is not the correct name. The name is Dorgo. Oh. So I, I had to go I check. I started with D. I, I, knew, I, I had to just check. Uh, yeah, so I think Marvin sent this uh, long before you two had chatted about this because this was sent in November 2019. <laughs> wow. Was <laughs> so he even staff yet? God, I don't so. even know he anymore. Was, like, 2019 I, I was, was staff and he was already staffed then. Yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. I, what is time? I don't even know. Uh, great. Well, good job, Jess. Uh, that, that was probably a clue uh, there. But uh, two, this character is not currently a Starship pilot. Uh, clue three, uh, this character helps Spencer with her Starship. And clue four, this character chastises Spencer for being late. And clue five, this character works with the ground crews. So there you go. Nice. I, I think Paleo might have actually shown me this at some point. Yeah, that is plausible. <laughs> I, I wasn't that that's why I was like, oh, this is some so long ago. But when are we gonna do another who's that uh Cyderverse character? So yeah, I, I mean presumably on our read before as well. Yeah. And because I think that's why Paleo and I were talking about it. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Rip. Uh well, e enjoy the point. Uh, this next one uh, is sent by our our friend number one town fan. Uh, hey, who sent? It's gonna uh, be a slug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, well, actually, you you are not correct because clue one, this character is a human. Well, not a slug. Shock, disbelief. I know. Raise. Huh? When was this sent? Uh, this week. Yeah, okay. he just PMs okay. me things. Uh, uh, he's like, great. hey, do you guys need a, do you need a, who's that Cypher's character? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have access to the things. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> yes, Ian? Braid. It's not Braid. It's my guess. Maxim. It's not Maxim. Uh, Jorgen? It's not Jorgen. Clip two. This character is a member of the DDF. Rig? General Ironsides. No, and Or no. Admiral. No. Whatever yeah. she is. Well, Admiral. Yeshua, wait. Yeah, it's not Yeshua, wait. Uh, clue three, this character was tricked. Cobb? It's not Cobb. Spencer. It's not Spencer. I almost guessed Spencer, so thank you. Rig? It's not Rig. I feel like Rig was already guessed. I'm not sure. I guessed it for the last clue. Oh, okay. Well, Rip. Uh, clue four! This character died in battle, but was not killed by Krell. Hurl? It's not Hurl. Or whatever. <laughs> the ground, really. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Magna, a.k.a. Morn I, I think it's Morning Star? Morning Tide. Morning Tide. <laughs> no, it's not. I knew it started with the morning. Tide. I'm like, <laughs> that Morning Star. Yeah. Nope. Which I actually think is the title of Lucifer, uh, a.k.a. Yep. Satan. Ah, Spencer loves him. Um, so. Spencer loves Satan. Uh, the confirmed. hero of the story. Yes, the hero. Exactly. <laughs> Who died that wasn't killed by the Krell? What counts as Krell? Is Krell superiority or is Krell Valvax in this case? Uh, or is Krell just the Krell? Oh, Chaser. Yes, it's our good friend Z Nightshade. Yes. <laughs> uh, clue five was this character is a Cytonic. Ah, good old Z Nightshade. 
I loved, by the way, that Jancy, the co-author of the novellas, hangs out in Discord, and uh, we we told her that Spencer's mom doesn't have a name, and she's like, "No, I would have put it in the novellas if I had known." <laughs> but they're already turned in. I can't do it. Ah, uh, so if we ever get more, I assume we'll get Spencer's mom's well, name. We are getting more. It- Idoverse novella. It sure seems like it, because Brandon said in his weekly update, that it's like, well, I did outlines with Jancy, so I yeah, mean, and, and like they, they did announce it at um the minicon. Oh, nice, that, nice, nice. Cool. Um, Jancy and um Darcy Cole. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that. Kimlin book. Kimlin book. Kimlin book. Kimlin. Please. Figment book. Fig. I want a special book. I, I mean, we could have both. This isn't yes, either. We can or. get all of the things. Hope we can. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a Hesho book. I no want Hesho I want Hesho book. Though, admittedly, a, a vapor book would have a very easy cover. <laughs> <Stop the call>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's solid. But what if the Hesho book? redeems Hesho in your eyes? What if it fixes every oh. issue you have? Look, knowing <laughs> that Brandon, like, saved the Delvers after Starsight, I do believe it's it is possible, <laughs> but we would have to see. <laughs> Just as, like, I'll put on my skeptical face here. <laughs> I won't discount it out the door. I, I will remain open to the idea. Yeah. But Defiant should be good. Uh, I think the plan is for that to come out next fall. No, no, no. Not next fall. The following uh, spring. Yeah. Because yeah, Lost Metal is going to, in theory, come out so, next fall. Uh, next November, presumably. But. So spring 2023? Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you confused by fall and spring here, Jess? <laughs> <The> Southern <laughs> Hemisphere. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> to be start fair, of the year 2023. First yeah. half of 2023. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Probably like March, First April. Quarter. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm with you now. <laughs> Just like spring what is spring. I'm from Australia. <laughs> Things are topsy turvy. Uh great. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Put your comments below. On what you felt was Cytonic. Uh, I know there there have been people I've seen who are just like, this is one of my favorite Brandon books. And they're like, I liked that it wasn't as tense and it was more light and fun and things. So I was like, cool. I, I Put your comments below because uh, otherwise YouTube's not going to recommend this. Yeah. Uh, so you, you comment below if you made it here. So that's what I'd say. Also, it is really good that people like this book. Like, yes. The fact that there are people who absolutely love this book is really good. And it means that Brandon has hit his mark for at least part of his audience. Whereas if everybody hated it, then that would be terrible. Nobody wants yeah. that to happen. Yeah. And so, no, like, like uh, it, even though, like, I don't like the book, I am very, very pleased that there are a lot of people that do like the book because that is that is what we want. That is what is good for Brandon. I, I think, Jess, you never would have loved this book no matter how well yeah, it was executed I, because yeah. it doesn't have the previous characters and stuff and that's what you really yeah. like right yeah so it was actually uh, on the release stream it was uh, a bit sad to hear how discouraged brandon got because he's like wrote cytonic and he's like oh yeah. it's really good and then his editor's like eh, i don't really like it then the alpha's like ah, i didn't really like it beta's like i don't really like it uh so <laughs> I- i'm glad it 
it is good. Like, I, I, I do think it is good. I, I think the problems Jess has are baked into the premise, so you never could have liked it, you know? Yeah, it, it really goes back to Skyward and, like, what promises yeah. you thought Brandon was making. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I picked up on the promises Brandon was intending to make. Jesse picked up on the ones he wasn't intending on to make. Right. Yeah. Which, like, neither of us are wrong. Like, because, like, yeah. books, like, yeah. Readers have as much input into books as there. writers do. Yeah. 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 It's just one was intentional and the other Brandon didn't mean to do, yep. but now mm -hmm. has to deal with the consequences where people are in that camp of expecting things that he's not going to give. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where the novellas come in and like uh, the novellas make everything so much better for me. Yeah. Because that yeah. is what I want. Yeah. And like together, I, I think together... Uh, it's good. So read the novellas because they're, I think they're really good. Uh, and so that if you had issues similar to Jess, I think the novellas will help. Yeah. Huh. And if you want to hear more about my issues, please check you out my videos. Like, comment, and subscribe. Oh, right. This is the outro. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. <laughs> you can find us on 70 shardcom for all your new discussion theories and fun that you could ever want. You can join us in Discord and chat uh, with us. You can... Uh, Find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can subscribe on YouTube uh, and you can leave a review on iTunes, which is the thing people can do, I guess. Uh, and we will see you all in January forever, sure. But uh, our next episode will actually be a live streamed one on State of Sanderson. So stay tuned on the channel. We'll actually we'll head stream day. Yep, which is December 19th. Uh, that is a Sunday, so I am not sure if Brandon's going to put it uh, earlier because, you know, Sunday. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll probably be doing our stream on that Sunday. Maybe not the same day if Brandon changes the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you and all. And hopefully he if yep. he posts it not on the 19th, he hopefully he posts it before and not after. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is true. So we'll see you all for that next time. Bye. 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 Call.